Welcome back, everybody. This is Bob Gilligan of the Catholic Conference of Illinois, and thanks for uh, joining us this morning for this show on WNDZ, 7.50 a.m. And once again, you can follow us on YouTube, which is uh, W... No, it's not W. It's Y-O-U-T-U-B-E.com backslash Catholic Chicago. I'll figure that out sooner or later. All right, next uh, topic on the agenda for us today is to talk with uh, David Spicer. He is with the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. I think his title is Policy Advisor, or whatever that means. But he's going to talk to us a little bit about what's going on with the religious visas uh, and religious workers. Uh, David, are you with us? There he is. Hey, Bob. I'm here. Hi, Good David. Th- thanks for joining us this morning and taking some time to explain this uh, this issue. Um, so w- why don't we just uh, open it up? Um, what is going on with religious workers and their inability to either come to the United States or if they leave the United States to come back? It seems like we've got a bit of a problem on our hands. Absolutely, absolutely. I'll give a, a brief overview yeah. of the program for, for those who aren't familiar with it um, to start. So the, the religious worker visa program is is divided into two different categories. There's the uh, special immigrant category, and then there's the R1 uh, non-immigrant category. And essentially, this just means that the special immigrants are coming to, to uh, immigrate permanently to the United States. And the R1 uh, religious worker uh, program is for those who are coming temporarily to the United States. Um, and in both of these cases, uh, it could be uh, ministers or non-ministers. Of course, in the Catholic context, uh, a minister would be a member of the clergy, and non-ministers would be everyone else. So um, women and, and uh, men religious uh, who, who aren't uh, ordained, uh, as well as um, lay persons who are, who are coming as missionaries or other employees um, within the church. And for both of these programs, over the past uh, two years, we've seen a, seen a significant um, delay in the processing of, of the paperwork that's needed um, for, for these, uh, these religious workers to come to the United States. Um, and uh, that, of course, has very significant impacts on the ministries of the church in the United States, um, whether they're uh, based in, in parishes or Catholic charities or, or other organizations um, that the, the church uh, has in the country um, to serve local communities. Um, so the the delays uh, to sort of um, go through uh, what, what's happening, uh, in some cases for the uh, religious workers who are already here, um, they're applying to have their status, their immigrant status renewed so that they can remain in the United States. Um, and if they are un- unable to secure that renewal prior to uh, a certain deadline, they then have to leave the United States and return to their, their countries of origin. Um, and then once they're there, given the, the ongoing implications of the pandemic and, um, and this uh, continued delay in processing, um, of course, it, it's unknown how long it'll be before they're able to return to the United States and, and continue their ministries here. Um, for those who are not yet in the United States and are seeking to come to, uh, to work uh, for any you know, sort of capacity within the church, um, some of them are unable to even uh, get the um, sort of the visa that's necessary to do that uh, in the first place. And this has implications, like I said, for, for a number of different ministries, including um, parishes not having priests uh, or in some cases uh, nursing facilities or, or Catholic charities or other, uh, you know, other um, 
institutions not having the the workers that they need to to carry out the the ministries that they do. It's interesting, you know, being involved with this. Like, I, I never realized. I, I don't want to use the word rely because that's probably too strong a word. But but there's a significant number of uh, religious workers in the United States that are helping out um, our ministries right now in the United States. Can, do you have any? context that because i think you know here in chicago we find uh i think there was a principal uh teachers as you indicated nurses so they they are really helping out uh do our basic ministry absolutely and, and many people think uh even within within the government i'll say that uh the reason that we are are so eager to uh, solve these issues with the processing of religious worker visas and, and other immigration benefits that are relied upon by religious workers is because we have a shortage of of clergy and uh as as we've discussed it's not just clergy who are using mm-hmm. these lay persons as, as well are using these religious worker visas uh, and it's not only for uh, for the provision of of mass or other liturgical um, other liturgical activities. It's also things like you said, like Catholic education, um, and of course outreach to uh, to those in need. Um, and and given how diverse we are as a church, uh, it's also it's also in response to um, the populations, uh, Catholic or otherwise, here in the United States, right. um, who who might not be uh, from this country. So, in the Archdiocese of Chicago, for example, as you know, um, there are large numbers of Polish immigrants, large yep. numbers of of Italians, and and others who uh, require um, ministers and um, and religious workers. Um, that are knowledgeable about their different uh, cultural practices, as well as the, the languages that they speak. And um, the church for a very long time in this country has been a great mechanism for integration. Yep. Uh, so when we have large numbers of immigrants coming to any particular place in the country, the church, especially through its religious workers, whether they're clergy or otherwise, are able to help those immigrants um, integrate into our, our society and uh, to be able to do that successfully, um, which they might otherwise not be able to do, um, especially if the, the workers that we have aren't really um, able to communicate with them or our understanding of maybe where they're coming from and sort of the cultural differences that exist. It was just last night I was at my son's school and uh, we ran into uh, a teacher there who, I, this this is not a religious worker, it was an HB1 visa and he was telling the story, and I and I and I said to him, I said, "Oh, you're the guy," because when we were there in um, when school started, he he wasn't there yet. Uh, there was somebody who was who was a friend of ours who was substituting for him until he came here, and I didn't know who this person was. I had no idea, but I just met him last night, and he had. And the reason he wasn't there when school started was because he had a delay in his. Now that's HB one visa, which is different than what we're talking mm-hmm. about. But he said it just took forever. He got the job offer in January to start school in September, and it took over 10 months. So he just got there. He had just arrived. So it took 10 months by the time he was able to get just just for this, for a three-year visa. So my question is like, so it's just not religious workers. It seems like it's others as well. Why is the why is there such a backlog? Is it all due to COVID, or is it more than that, or, or what's going on? There's a reason, and we can't, what's your, what's your take on it? Right. It is. It is uh, certainly part of a much broader, prog- uh, much broader prog- uh, problem um, that exists with with U.S. immigration system. And and I will say that U.S. Citizenship and Immigration Services, which is the federal agency um, that is charged with the responsibility of processing 
uh, applications for those seeking to, to come to the United States and other immigration benefits um, has been significantly under-resourced. Um, so for uh, a very long time, USCIS, uh, as it's known, mm-hmm. um, has not received direct funding from the federal government. Instead, it relied on the fees that are paid uh, by immigrants and and sponsors, uh, whether they're employers or otherwise, of uh, of immigrants. Um, and given that that limited uh, availability of resources, that can constrains their ability to hire staff. It constrains their ability to improve their systems. And so, when you have that combined with the significant impact of COVID and the fact that it has caused, uh, you know, certain uh, issues in terms of uh, getting yep. interviews completed and other requirements within the the immigration process, um, it's really it's really created sort of this problem where we have, uh, as you said. Um, delays that we haven't haven't ever seen, um, and I'll give one example uh, that is uh, that is significant, and that's employment authorization for those who are already here, um, and they've gone through the process, they they've done everything that they need to do, and even in the case of priests, for example, uh, even those who take vows of poverty and aren't necessarily getting paid for the work that they do, they're con- they're still considered uh, under federal law as as uh, employees for immigration purposes. Um, and so uh, they can be here, they can be authorized to, to be here, but they still have to acquire that employment authorization, which is an additional step. It used to take about two months to get that employment authorization, and now it can take as long as 10, 10 months to a year. And of course, that's problematic because then those priests are unable to engage right. in the ministry that they're here to do. And it's the same with with all sorts of uh, workers, not only religious workers, but others as well. You know, just as a note, um, so people understand, um, people here at the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, they hear USCCB in various contexts, but just so everybody understands, this is the kind of work they do. Um, this is not like, uh, you know, probably it's not going to be on the front pages of any newspaper, but so this is who we turn to when we have problems here at the local level. Uh, you know, because it, it affects not only here in Chicago, it, it's all the state, it's, it's all over the country. We're not the only people going through this. It was maybe a little bit more pronounced here, but but nevertheless. So these USCCB, and this is what they do sort of behind the scenes to work with the federal uh, bureaucracy, <laughs> the federal agencies and, and Congress to see what we can do to get things going. And David and, and, and other people that we deal with at USCCB have been very helpful in trying to, well— Push, pull, talk, talk. I don't know how you can do it just to kind of get move this along a, a little bit, a little bit faster than it's happening. Although it's still not happening fast enough for anybody. Um, where do we go from here, David? Um, you optimistic? You pessimistic? Uh, where? where <laughs> gaze into your crystal ball and tell us this problem is going to be over, or tell us, tell us what's going to sure. happen next. I, I wish I could tell you. Yeah. Certainly there. And I only ask you that Chicago, because everybody but... asks me these questions. So now I'm turning it on you because I always get the same kind of questions. Wish I could tell you I, I knew, but here's what I know. So right. go ahead. No, it's certainly certainly a fair thing to ask. And I, I wish I could tell you that, uh, you know, within the next week or two, we would have all of yeah, this sure. um, solved. We have been working on it, of course, over over the, the past year and, and even longer than that, especially since uh, um, since the pandemic has um, has had the impact that it has on uh, immigration. Um, I will say that as of Monday, uh, as many of those listening or, or watching uh, might be aware, um, the federal government has rolled back some of the COVID-19 travel restrictions that were in place. And, and this was also contributing to the inability of religious workers to, to come to the United States if, if they're from certain countries, the majority of countries, I should say, um, in, in the world, 
they were unable to come um, unless right. they qualified for, for an exemption. And unfortunately, religious workers did not qualify for, for those exemptions. Um, so now that those restrictions have been lifted as of this past Monday, um, that will address some of the issues for those who are already who are abroad and, and seeking to come um, to the United States. The problems will continue to persist as far as the processing that USCIS does, um, because those you know those impact those who are already mm -hmm. here as well as those who are who are seeking to, to come. So I can say that we have been um, fairly successful in terms of our engagement with the federal government. Uh, USCIS just had a new director confirmed um, in August. So it's only been a couple okay. of months that, that she's uh, been able to, uh, to be in that position and, and sort of um, work to, to improve yeah. the, the processing that the agency does. Um, we're also in contact with the White House um, and the State Department, which has a role in, in this. And I will say that this is not just a, a Catholic issue, Bob. Right. So we have um, we have worked with uh, religious denominations sort of across the, the spectrum, not only fellow Christians, but also um, Muslims, uh, Jewish, uh, Jewish partners um, and others to really bring to light sort of the, the issues that these are uh, that these delays are having and uh, the implications they have on, on local communities. Just in August, after the, the new director of the CIS was confirmed by the Senate, um, we sent a letter to, to her, um, and we were joined by, I think, 17 so, yeah. um, fellow national religious, uh, religious organizations, again, representing um, denominations across the spectrum. Um, and, and this just shows, again, that it's, it's not a Catholic issue, and it is very much the case that um, different religious organizations are depending on these workers um, for the work that they're doing, uh, and especially when it comes to things like social services, right. which we know that uh, we know religious uh, organizations to be um, to play a very important role in. David, thanks so much. They're telling me we got to run. We got to wrap it up. Thank you so much for joining us. God bless your work, and uh, we'll continue on uh, hopefully with brighter prospects ahead. This is Bob Gilligan of the Catholic Absolutely. Conference of Illinois. Thanks for joining and listening, or yeah, listening and watching our program. Have a good day. Have a good week. Join us every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago. You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media.